Welcome back to Middle Tech. My name is Nate Antetomaso, and this is Weekend Thoughts. You know, at Middle Tech, we spend a lot of time talking to some really smart people, whether they're entrepreneurs or investors or just other people in the community, both on the podcast and off. And we take what we learn and we take, you know, kind of what the trends and business and technology are, and we think critically about them. You know, we're genuinely interested in this stuff. And that's why we got involved with the podcast and started it. And we talk amongst ourselves about topics and how they could impact business, how they could impact tech, how they could impact us or, you know, the world at large. And because we do that, uh, I want to start recording that. You know, I want to take our thoughts, write them down just a little bit, a couple bullet points, but, but don't overwrite it. Let us go off the dome and just share our thoughts and how we're thinking about certain things. So that's what Weekend Thoughts is, and we're going to start this week uh, with something I've been thinking about for a while. So let's jump in. So what have I been thinking about? The attention economy. You know, the old adage is that any press is good press. When you Google that phrase, though, you know, a lot of people say that that's wrong. There's a bunch of PR and marketing firm blogs that talk about how that's a myth or a popular misconception. And that makes sense, right? We pay thousands of dollars uh, and we learn that in our college classes. We learn how to craft, you know, a specific brand message and how do we perfectly position our company and our brand in this way so people have these feelings and these thoughts when they think about our company. But nowadays, it seems like the old adage of any press is good press, um, of, of taking anything, any attention, any coverage to be good, that might actually be true. And I, I want to call something out here. At the bleeding edge of this trend, the attention economy, um, are creators, you know, influencers, people who create content for a living. Individual people that put content out, they're building their own personal brands. Some companies are, that are building their company brand as well are taking advantage of the attention economy, and we'll get to some of those examples. But creators don't have to deal with all the stakeholders that a brand does. You know, the legal team, the executive team, um, the seven-person marketing team that's going to think about a tweet. Creators don't have to do that. Um, so they can kind of take advantage of quick attention, much better than brands, um, but both are doing it. So, so what is the attention economy? Basically, it's the idea that all that matters. The only thing that matters is people looking at you. It doesn't matter if they're looking at you because they like you. It doesn't matter if they're looking at you, ironically, if they're looking at you because they hate you or they hate what they're doing. Those eyeballs are what you can monetize. You can sell sponsorships in front of those eyeballs. You can uh, sell products to people. If you have a million people watching you, a small percentage of those will buy your product. Whether they say they like you or not, that percentage will buy your product. So whatever you can do to get people watching you uh, is good because you're going to sell more if you do that. So what creators are doing this well? The Paul Brothers is one that comes to mind. Um, they are annoying. If you've ever watched Logan or Jake Paul on YouTube, you know they started on Vine, then YouTube, now they're all over TikTok, um, you know that they're annoying. 
just period. I think that's a pretty well agreed upon objective fact, a uh, fact that they are annoying. Um, but they have grasped that and harnessed that energy and have just made it their brand. And they are so annoying that they piss off people like Floyd Mayweather enough to box them. And then they do these boxing events and they sell sponsorships on their gloves and on the court and sponsored songs as they walk out. Like it is a sponsor fest and people pay for the pay-per-view. You know, if a hundred thousand people, you know, I'm sure it's multiples of that, but if enough people think that they're annoying, a small percentage of those people are going to buy the pay-per-view some uh because they like them and some to see look how annoying they're going to be when they box but they bought that pay-per-view anyway and they sold that sponsorship anyway um a little bit more traditional of example is the uh the kardashians you know everybody knows the kardashians are crazy everybody knows that they drum up crises uh and and controversies because people are going to talk about them and they always just so happen to be right before a new season of their show um, Gary V, you know, Gary V was one who he's had increasingly weird content. You know, he just goes out and speaking engagements and does AMAs online or whatever it is. You know, he started being like, never take a break. You got to work if you're going to succeed. And now he literally says stuff. This is a paraphrase, but you can find this clip. He has said, I like, I picture my family dying in the shower every morning to get motivated. He's either an insane person, absolutely crazy. Or that's just not true. But he knows that saying that uh, is going to get me to talk about him. Here I am. And you're probably going to go look up his content and he can sell that. And a small percentage of people who look at his content are going to hire his marketing firm. And that's all that matters is getting that attention. There are thousands of more creators who do similar things. Um, but not as many brands as I mentioned. But let's talk about a few. Uh, one that I love, I just personally love this, is Hamburger Helper. The, you know, the casserole box, I don't even fully know what Hamburger Helper is, uh, but they sell some kind of boxed food, and they are heavy in the hip-hop community. They uh, sponsor mixtapes, they have concerts where they have their little glove mascot dancing around, dabbing on stage. Uh, it's crazy! Um, but enough people are going to watch that and, and stream the mixtape. They're going to sell one or two more boxes of their product at the end of it. Um, a very pointed example is Burger King. Uh, this past year for International Women's Day, uh, they tweeted, women belong in the kitchen, period. And then they followed that up saying, you know, we're raising money for, for culinary charity or, you know, something like that. I don't even remember exactly what it was. Um, but they knew they would get attention with that first tweet, uh, so they shipped it. And it was out in the world, and they got a lot of negative press, but I'm sure they got a lot of donations to their charity as well. Sunny D, the orange drink, tweets about how it wants to kill itself, uh, and enough people probably see that and think it's funny and go buy a box of Sunny D. Um, Netflix talks about what can you say when you are having sex and watching Netflix. One or two people probably bought a subscription. Um, there's just these these crazy examples, and some of them are extreme, but overall brands cannot be as extreme as creators, as we said. There's just too many stakeholders, um, but we're talking about them. And in the attention economy, that is all that matters, because we're talking about them, and one or two of us is going to go buy. So, so the flip side to this, what a more traditional marketing person would say is that this, this is bad for the brand. You know, we can't be talking about sex. We can't be talking about women belong in kitchens. And of, of course, but 
things happen so fast now. There's so much content out there, so much to consume. The community doesn't stick on something for long at all. Unless you do something truly heinous, it's hard to stay in the forefront of people's minds um, for anything. So go crazy is what these social media people are saying. Be wild because we're gonna capture, we're gonna capture that mind share for just a moment, and we're gonna sell in that moment, and then it's gonna go away. It's you know brand messaging and you know brand intent doesn't soak down into people's consciousness as much anymore. There's just too much out there. Um, so in the long term, people are just gonna try to keep topping this, both creators and brands. Um, if things are so crazy, so extreme, will they be able themselves to keep topping it? Or is another person, another brand going to have to come along? Um, is long-term mega fame possible to achieve in this climate? I'm not sure, but I also don't think it matters. Once you have your percentage of people who are buying, your percentage of people who are pay, you can cultivate that community and just continue to sell. The Paul brothers are selling um, their own boxing league and they have their own merchandise now. Um, Gary V, one or two people are just going to become a repeat client to his marketing firm. Hamburger Helper, people are going to keep listening to their music. They're going to build that, they're building that hip hop community. And some of those are going to buy the box of food. It's that simple. You you massively get attention with something crazy, and you know that that small percentage is going to come to you, and you're going to have repeat customers. And that right there is the attention economy. That's what I've been thinking about. <laughs>